Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Let's test these mics. Testing, testing, witness me. Testing, testing, beautiful day. (laughs) Couldn't think of a rhyming quote. Testing, testing, manifest destiny. Oh, you're good. Oh, man. Katrina wins. Ding, 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 ding. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. Now, normally on the Cinema Catch-Up Club, we review films that are a little bit older. I mean, they're classics. You know, we're generally looking at films that are at least 20 to 30 to 50 years old, but we thought that we've missed a couple of recent gems. So we asked you, the audience, both on Patreon and on Facebook, to make your suggestions and vote for a contemporary classic, something that has come out since the year 2010 that you're like, that is a gosh darn good film. And the film that you have all collectively chosen is 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. Joining me to review Mad Max Fury Road, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Katrina Johnston. Hey, Stephen. How are you, Katrina? I'm good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I have anything to add to that. Good. Nothing yeah. further, Your Honour. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I am a theatre technician and also a student of lighting in my second year at WAPA. Um, um, I feel like I need. I want to add more to this. Like I like walks on the beach. I mean, do you like? Do you like walks on the beach? Occasionally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. Well. Okay. I'll ask a question. Um, Yeah. uh, What is your favorite thing you have lit? I've. Ooh. Ooh. Um. I don't know. Actually. Actually, I will tell you my favorite light at the moment although okay. it is not a theatrical light i recently went to the um one of the art galleries in melbourne and got to see this very cool tiffany lamp that was very art deco and awesome and looked amazing okay so, yeah. we'll accept that no. so there we go we now all now all know something <laughs> a little bit extra you've never seen mad max fury road no i haven't and to be honest, I've only seen one one of the Mad Maxes. Full which, stop. Which Mad Max? Have I've you seen, seen the first one. Okay. Um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, actually. But my partner and I, we're we're not big Valentine's Day people, mm-hmm. so we've fell into this tradition of watching really kind of thrillers or action mo- horror movies on Valentine's Day. And one year we decided to watch Mad Max because I hadn't seen it and he had. And being the film buff that he was, is, I should say, um, yeah, he was like, you, you need to see this. Mm. And it was horrifying. Mm. So, but yeah. in a romantic way. It felt like I was watching two films and then about three quarters of the way through, it became just one 
horrific film. Mm. Yeah. So with that, with that um, experience ringing in your soul um, <laughs> the way it is, what are you expecting of Fury Road? Um, well, I think I am expecting something different in terms of I know that it's not as connected to Australia as the original Mad Max was. Um, like, is George George Miller who directed the film? It is, yes. Yeah. It is Happy is he, Feet's George Miller. Yeah. Is he... Was he... Did he direct this yeah. one? Mm-hmm. He did? Yes. Okay. Um, but obviously, past that, I don't think there's much connection to Australia. Hmm. And I am expecting some interesting female characters from what I have heard on the grapevine, which I'm looking forward to. Lovely. Well, joining us as our guest who has seen uh, Mad Max Fury Road and preparing to take that furious road again, it's Patrick Downs. Hey. How are you doing, Patrick? Hey, buddy. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, What do you do, Patrick? Um, Student. I'm studying um, secondary education, majoring in drama studies at Edith Cowan. Um, And I'm also an actor around the place, lots of corporate gigs Stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of uh, upcoming PhD plays here and there. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe one. Mm. Yeah, actually just one. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, one's plenty. One's yeah. all anyone needs to buy tickets yeah. for. Yeah. Um, so you, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, you have seen Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, now, I also haven't seen this film. I've, right. I've seen the first two Mad Max films. Yeah, um, yep, so have I. Yep. And I've, I've not seen Beyond Thunderdome. We will rectify that one day. Um, but uh, in, a, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can Katrina and I expect from this film? Ooh. Um, it, it, I don't... I'm, all these words coming through my head that make me sound like I'm some kind of um, cliched pitch man, mm-hmm. you know, like non-stop, exhilarating. But it's like, but that actually is pretty true, especially non-stop. Um, there are slower moments throughout the movie, but the whole thing is constantly moving. Okay. And I mean that mm. literally and figuratively. Oh, because of the cars, mm. I presume. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. That, that, but I am actually serious. Like that is without going too much into detail, it doesn't stop. Okay pretty much the whole time the whole thing is on the road so mm. the fury road as Indeed. it were keep an eye out for australian cameos because there are plenty of them mm. i i feel like if i continue asking these questions we, we just might as well talk about the whole movie now yeah should we just watch it <laughs> yeah let's watch yeah. it instead <laughs> all right uh well with that being the case ladies and gentlemen uh pop in your blu-rays and prepare to have a lovely day a lovely day as we watch mad max fury road <laughs> Stephen Platt here, just letting you know about another up-and-coming project from Thoughtjar Productions. It's called Atlantis. It's a science fiction radio play series that's being staged in Perth, Western Australia, between August the 21st and October the 4th. If you're a fan of comedies such as Red Dwarf, Black Adder and Blank Books, and also a fan of science fiction properties such as Doctor Who and Star Trek, then think of all of those things mashed up and set in an underwater city. That is Atlantis. If you live in the Perth area and would like to come along, please visit atlantisradioplay.com. It's going to be a very exciting and fun series, and I think that you'll all enjoy it. 
And for those of you listening outside of the Perth area, whether that's somewhere else in Australia or indeed international, you're not going to be left out either. Because it's a radio play, all of the performances are going to be recorded live and then redistributed as audiobooks here on the internet. So if you'd like to listen into the show, you can also get information at the following website, atlantisradioplay.com. And of course, make sure that you like the Thought Jar Productions Facebook page. There'll be updates there too. And now, back to the podcast. back everybody we have just finished traveling down mad max's furious road and joining me as uh, our guests from the first part of the show we have of course mr patrick downs mediocre <laughs> it's not how i thought of the movie yeah <laughs> and uh, katrina johnston i'm so confused <laughs> i don't remember that quote from the film is that more of a review katrina a little mm. <laughs> so, what, what did you think of it just what's your general sense in the in the afterglow the after radioactive glow that is mad max fury road <laughs> As, as the as the two-headed lizard scampers about. Mm. Um, I did really like it. I, I did find it very enthralling. It's been a while since I've seen a film where I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat and I was I was genuinely concerned for even minor characters. Um, but I am so confused. Let's unpack it, because this was yeah. our first time together watching yeah, yeah. this, and obviously, Patrick, you've had the chance to watch this a couple of times before. Yeah, is it probably the third time I've watched it? Does yeah. it is, is it one of those films that you feel, on multiple viewings, explains itself better than that first viewing? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't, in terms of plotline, I didn't get much more out of it this time than I did the second time. Mm. The second time I got a bit more out of it, because I put, put, put it all together a bit, yeah. bit, bit, bit more. Um, it was more just noticing a little... Little things like the guy at the end who has a give way sign as a shield. Yeah. You know, just little things like that that I picked up on that I hadn't noticed before. I did not see but that. But the before. story itself is quite simple, I mm. think. Yeah. It, it's, mm. Yeah, the story is yeah. relatively simple. We we see at the beginning of the film there is uh, Mad Max. It's the first time it's not been played by Mel Gibson. It's yeah. uh, Tom Hardy, who um, is... Vast li- a vast improvement. Yeah, well, a far less problematic person to begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, give it twenty years, but uh, <laughs> that's the way these things tend to go. But uh, yeah, Tom Hardy living up to nominative determinism and being a pretty hardy customer throughout this entire film. He, oh. um, I thought that was quite good. Um, oh, that wasn't bad. That's not the worst one I've ever heard. Thank you. Um, but yes, yeah, so we see him at the beginning of the film. He's taken up the mantle of Max. He's got the car. He's got the jacket. He's eaten two-headed lizards, and. He gets captured in about the first 60 seconds of this film. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's just like, bam, Max is captured. I think starting the film in this fashion means that if you're a brand new viewer, there's a whole new generation of people who've probably not seen a Mad Max film. Mm. When this film comes out in 2015, they're probably going, oh, this is that thing that... um, I was about to say Mel Brooks, which is a very different (laughs) film Mel Gibson was in. Mel Brooks in Mad Max would be great, though. But yes, we see this... This, this Mad Max character, we see him captured uh, and uh, he's, he's being um, he's being shorn. He's having all this long hair taken off him. He's being tattooed by a gang of about a dozen Peter Garretts just yeah. <laughs> holding him down and dancing to Midnight Oil. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I feel it, 
I really wanted to know what they were tattooing on him. I didn't. I didn't get that. Well, the the, the only words I remember reading. Uh, I saw high octane, and I saw universal as well. Yeah, okay. um, which I believe was to do with the fact that he became a blood bag. Yeah. So okay, uh, p- perhaps he could explain, Patrick. Well, my I my understanding of it is it's yeah, it's all his details, his medical details. So you know, like his blood okay. type, sort of all that kind of stuff. They can just use him for pieces. Okay. Is the impression I got is that's kind of what I understand they're doing is mm. they yeah know. yeah I I think I got that in the end yeah. like obviously by the time they'd hooked him up as a hood ornament slash yeah. <laughs> moving blood bank mm. um yeah I kind of got that but it was yeah it was very I was very confused at first mm. um well, I think that's that's a general thing that happens with this film though is I think mm. it's very much it's not holding your hand no. um, in no. any way it's literally going. This is the world. Yeah. Make of it what you will. Yeah. And I really liked that. Me too. Yeah. I think that's great. That's why I love that he gets captured in the first sort of mm. 60 seconds of the movie. Because it's like, bang, you are into it. Mm. This movie is starting. Um, this is the world. Well, Do you understand it? Doesn't matter. All you have to know is Max is in danger. I think yeah. I think it also helped by having him captured straight away. If they, like, if you introduced him in any other way to that city, to the Citadel. Yeah. It would have taken... Like ten times as long. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. he's been captured and used as a Huna ornament, so he's going the exact same direction as as the wives. Yep. And as what was her name? For, for Furiosa. 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 Mm. Um, so they're in the exact same trajectory in you know ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And it's that you know it's that whole thing that a lot it's of very efficient storytelling it's efficient and it's also yeah. the thing that reminds me of sort of like classic fantasies where you know mm. your your unlikely band of heroes get thrown together in a way usually yeah. oh we all ended up on this same prison ship together or yeah. something like mm. that it, it had that feel um and yeah we we see max get captured we see him try and escape um he doesn't quite get away title card mad max fury road or as this film should probably be called called um Furiosa's film uh, with some yeah. Mad Max sprinkled in because this film really is not about Max. It's not his story. No, yeah. we're just seeing it through his eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's interesting in that I feel as though if this was not, if if George Miller had essentially said I want to make a film which is sort of in the same sort of environment as like a, a Mad Max hmm. world, um, but having Max almost is like. Yeah, in the Princess Bride, right? Um, Mandy Patinkin's character mm. isn't the main character. It's it's no. it's Carrie yeah. Yule's. But it, it's really interesting that they've kind of gone. Let's make let's make Mad Max Han Solo. Let's make him um, Mandy Patinkin. Let's make him essentially the not not the focus in a way, uh, and it really works. See, I, I I get what you mean, but I think he's still the focus in the sense that. The story is kind of told from his yeah, perspective. Yeah, I would, I would agree just, with it's that. It's just—it's not his story. Yeah, I would agree with he's that. He's sort of, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know what For, I mean? Like, it's, like, yeah. it's like we're 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 with him because he's just been—he's been caught up in this, yeah, in this adventure that we are along with him. Yeah, I. He's also just, ta- you know what I mean? Com- like, yeah. Coming into this, I and from what I'd heard through, you know, because I I read Tumblr and do all that kind of stuff and. Uh, you know, hearing media report like reporters going, "Oh, it's just the the main character's a woman," and "Oh my gosh, that's so astounding!" And then Tom Hardy going, "Well, so who who cares?" And you know, being all feminist and stuff. Um, 
I yeah, coming in, I was like, oh, it's not really. It it didn't feel like any of the women were main characters. It felt more like like Tom Hardy characters and Tom Hardy's character and Charlie Theron's character would dual leads. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. As in you couldn't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, and they're even billed like that at the beginning yeah. of the film. Yeah. Uh, and I think it is very much a film about this unlikely partnership that mm. forms yeah. between yeah. Um, Furiosa and Mad Max. But for me, Furiosa was the character that had the story and the agency. In, yes. in this. She, she had the she, interest. Yeah. Yeah, she she's had the, the one res- that actually sparks the action mm. of yeah. the film. She's the one that gets the story going and, she and had, keeps it going. She had the responsibility in the story. Like Max yeah. could have left before the yeah. final act. Yeah. I mean, he does come up with, with essentially the plan that makes the final act, mm. but he, um, you know, this, this, this story, he, it wasn't necessarily his and he chooses to be a part of it. And I think that's mm. a really strong message that's carried right the way throughout the film. The film ends literally with him skulking off, not getting on the big lift with mm. uh, presumably the new uh, Immortan Furiosa. Yeah. Um, because, because he's like, this is where my part in this this story ends, and I'm gonna just skulk away now. Yeah. But it's very, it's very much Furiosa's story, and it's mm. it's a simple story, but it's pretty pretty effective. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I I would say it's a simple story within the action of the film. Mm. The rest of it, the world building, mm. I found very complex. Mm. Yeah. Um. Like the whole background of all the war boys going, oh yeah, I need to go to go get to Valhalla and things like that. Yeah. I found really interesting. And um, I just wish I could, could have heard more of the dialogue. Mm. It was a little bit mumbled. It yeah. was like, as, as we were discussing earlier, I, I said to you guys, was it just me? Is my hearing that bad? <laughs> or was it just difficult to hear? Yeah. Well, the, the problem is, is that because it's mostly Australians, they only uh, enunciated when they were saying "fang it." So, you know, it was, <laughs> and that was Charlie's Theron saying it. Yeah, there were uh, a few "fang it's," but that was pretty great yeah. when Charlie yeah. Theron goes, "We're gonna fang it." It's like, yeah, yeah we are. And I really, yeah, we are, Charlie's. <laughs> we're gonna fang it. See, yeah. I come, I come from Bogenstock, yeah. and I have never heard anyone say "fang it." Oh, really? <laughs> never. I come from Queensland, Bogenstock, oh, yeah, okay. and I've never heard of that. Oh, fang it's a big like, one. Like, I, I am aware of it as as slang, but yeah. I'm like, never. For non-Australian listeners, uh, such as myself, uh, I can translate fang it means to accelerate the motor vehicle in a in a very speedy fashion. Mm-hmm. Or just travel really fast. Yeah, like, yeah just yeah. fang it, you know. And it's a, gr- it's a great phrase. I also really loved, like, the use of language, you know, the very... Um, very Australian language. I like the fact that one of the baddies just goes, ah, bollocks at one point, which is yeah. really just lovely. Um, I love the fact that one of the wives used the word smeg when insulting yep. them. When schlanger. And yeah, schlanger, wonderful. Um, <laughs> schlanger means penis. For another another slang term I've never heard. Yeah, really? Like, mm. I've heard smeg, yeah. but I've heard it from Red Dwarf. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what most people heard. Yeah. Right? yeah. All yeah. the... Or the white goods company. Yeah. And it's... Un- I'm not sure which is more likely to have survived into yeah. the future. Is it is it the fridge or is it the, the BBC comedy? Yeah, I don't are, know. Are, are all the, are all the uh, war boys just sat around <laughs> watching... Watching, watching Lister and Rimmer. Yeah. Like just chroming a H into their head. <laughs> practicing the salute. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 
this this film is so densely packed with these little bits yeah. of detail. Like I, I loved the War Boys. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I joked before that they look like a bunch of Peter Garrett impersonators, but but it's a very distinctive look. You know, it very is. pale yeah. skin yeah. and the, and quite scary. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know, sort of like. Um, well, I love that first sequence where Max is trying to. So before the title card, you know, yeah. when Max gets captured and he kind of breaks out, they're tattooing him, and he, they, he kind of breaks free, and he's yeah. running through the the fortress that they've got him in. And they're just kind of swarming after him, mm. scrambling over each other, you it know. Made, it was kind of Lord of the Rings. It was almost. a bit, yeah. There was sort of like some kind of weird animal, like a whole bunch of little golems. Yeah. Or, almost I, like I, a, I remember, a fast zombie kind of thing. Yeah, mm. zombie-like. But I, I remember when I first saw it, it made me think of like a, a swarm of bugs, like yeah. scurrying yeah. over each other, trying to, you know, and then they get thrown in the water and they're all trying to get out of the water. And it's like, mm. that to me is such a cool... Mm. A, a cool moment of the and I found it interesting at certain points like like moments like that it felt like the film had been sped up okay. like it was done at a faster rate like oh, the movement they, seemed faster than I wonder if they did do little things like with the film you know, yeah sort of there was a the cu- just a couple and, of moments mm. where I was like have, have they sped up the film because yeah. the movements just seemed too fast but not un but not because the person was going faster, but because the entire thing seemed to be going yeah, faster. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, yeah. this, this film does feel as though it's it's all about heightening the reality of that world. Like, yeah. For, yeah. It is such a colourful world. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the fact that the, the special effects that they used at points were not... Not great. Not great. But I almost feel as though that wasn't the point. Like, the special effects, which generally didn't look good, usually... Which bits do you mean they generally didn't look good? When when Max the is having bit. his hallucinations about the, the kid and like the other people from his past who are all saying, why did you let us die? But Which I can forgive in that I think that's presented to be kind of in a dreamlike state. It's it's meant to look more like a hallucination. Right. Yeah. The other one, though, is, as Katrina just alluded to, when, when Nux sacrifices himself. Oh, okay. That kind of green screened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, looked, yeah, okay. that, that, one, that did look a bit weird. That yeah. looked a bit weird. But at, at that point, like, the whole film is so yeah. ridiculous. I, yeah. think it, I think it's fine. I mean, mm. we've literally seen, like, a guy bungee strapped to a car playing a guitar that shoots fire and the duff warrior the duff warrior what a wonderful <laughs> creation yeah, i yeah. love i love the duff warrior every time yeah. he appeared in that music and making that that music make sense within the world as well yeah yeah it's great so good i loved that i really really love it when um, when they make things like that diegetic and yeah. it was kinda, absolutely fantastic it kind of reminded me of stories that i've heard about when um uh, military troops when they particularly lately in like Afghanistan they'd be going around in their tanks and they'd be they'd be like oh yeah we get to play music I'm like what music do you yeah. play and like oh they play um the roof is on fire okay. yeah <laughs> and they play all this really heavy metal very grungy very yeah. like angry music mm. um and that's the kind of thing that hypes them up and i think you kind of like i haven't seen the film jarhead but I have a feeling... You feel like you might have just seen a bit of it? In a way. <laughs> yeah. Like Jarhead mm. on steroids. You can skip it. <laughs> oh, okay. Good Good to I know. I didn't think very much of that movie. <laughs> okay. I'll, j- I'll jot that one down. Skippable. Um, we haven't even touched on Immortan Joe. Yeah. The film's villain who... What a look. 
Like, yeah. I love it. Again, in a film that's full of fantastic looks, it's, it's, it's occasionally I will see characters in films and I think, Cosplay is not my thing, but I'd love to do something like that. I and mean, yeah. Morton Joe is that for me. Like, it would take a lot of effort, but I just look at it and I'm like, that must have been so much fun. Oh, getting kitted up like that. Yeah, and just like so running... So cool. And just running around with a big old, like, weird breathing thing in your head and going, Get them! Get them now! That kind of thing. Would have just been... Oh, I, it just looked so fun. And as a villain, perfect Mad Max villain. Larger than life. Sure. Yeah. Got yeah. all sorts of like weird health conditions that we see at the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, very unsympathetic. Yeah. Um, well, com- yeah, completely unsympathetic. Yeah. I- Just such a great villain. Yeah. 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 And again, it's, you know, it's a Mad Max film. It doesn't need to be nuanced. It doesn't need to be, you know, explaining. I, when I was 12, my mother didn't push me on the swing. And now, yeah, now yeah. it's it's like, no, that's not what this world is. No. This world is just, you it's know. Brutal and harsh. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's just a guy who somehow worked his way to the top. Mm. Got all these people to worship him as a sort yeah. of, you know, God king. Mm. He's got control of the water. So got he's control of the water and, and steals women and marries them and mm. is trying to have, you know, an, un, an unsick, that's not the right word, a healthy baby. <laughs> I like unsick. I'm going to use unsick yeah. from now on. Yeah. You need, you're, look, you're looking very unsick oh, yeah, today. Yeah. You, you know what? You look great. You look very unsick. Mm. You know, she had fine. an unsick glow. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I try. Yeah. His whole thing was to have a healthy baby because mm. you know all of the people in this little, well, not so little um, citadel were deformed mm. and stuff. Yeah, and, some his, way. and we saw mm. his sons. Like you had his big brutish muscly son who had uh, the breathing apparatus. Yeah, um, yeah. And you had his other, you had his other son who was um, the little guy in the chair. Who, Quentin. Uh, yeah. Now I I wasn't familiar with this, but both of you guys, I'm, I'm not as familiar with Australian actors as both of you. And he's he's not, he's so not an actor. actor. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't actually know what he's done. Quentin past... Kenahan, something he, like that. I thought it was Quentin King. Oh, it's something. It's, it, it begins with K. He, anyway, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He's like a he's a personality, and he mm. came out. Well, I first became aware of him probably about fifteen years ago when he did, um, I think, a doco uh, called oh, what was it? Something like "The World at My Wheels," and it was just talking about him as a person with disabilities, like quite mm. significant disabilities. Um, and he, you know, he did a couple of other publicity stunts, like tried to appear on Idol mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, got, got in like, got, oh, what's that guy's name that was on the original season of Idol, English guy. In, what's his yes, name? Yes. In, like. Uh, yeah. Dicko, Dicko. Dicko, that's yeah. it. We're getting yeah. into deep Australian territory. Oh, yes, we are, yeah. we are. Ironically, you Dicko is an English the guy. season of Australian Idol? I moved here. To to a country gripped by the closing stages of the first season of Australian oh. Idol, I got here. Two, two things were happening: the Rugby World Cup because it was two thousand three. Yeah. Rugby World oh, Cup. Yeah. Got to watch that final with England winning in Australia. That was quite fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, these two guys called uh, Shannon Knoll and Guy Sebastian, yeah, who were apparently uh, for, for those from England, they were the Will Young and Gareth Gates of their yeah. day. Um, but yeah, uh, Quinton Kenahan, uh, just looked it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was, he was great. Um, like, yeah. again, so, yeah. so many, I, I loved the fact that they went, yeah, this, this world is all kinds of messed up. You've got people who there would be more, um, disabilities and, and health issues mm. because it's a, post-apocalyptic radioactive wasteland it's yeah, yeah and yeah. so you know i i really like the fact that there was just so many opportunities in this for 
um, for actors who wouldn't normally get these chances yeah. because yeah. there aren't ju- there aren't these roles. Like the, the guy towards the end who just climbed out the sand who didn't have any legs. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, things like that. And it's like, it wasn't hidden. It wasn't uh, prettied up in any way. It wouldn't suit the film. It was mm. made to look strange and, and, and difficult, particularly to people who maybe aren't exposed to people with those um, conditions on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's just a great choice. It, it's a film of of these little moments and these little details that yeah. that I think build to this experience of yeah. of making you sit back and think what what was that specific thing about like for example mm. um the the people on stilts going through the the poison marsh yeah, um, yeah. we saw them in maybe a shot and yeah, pro- probably about shot. probably yeah. about 3 seconds yeah. yeah if that if that yeah yeah but i found myself going what are those guys up to? Like, I yeah, wonder. What are they doing? Uh, yeah. What's made me think of a of like an old painting that I'd seen? I have no idea what painting it was, but it so. made me think of that um, old Gautier video. Oh the first yeah. big song of his. Yeah. Heart's mess. Yes. Yeah. That, the video clip for that song. They got like weird yeah. creatures like that walking around. Mm. That's what made me think of. Mm. Should we talk about the general plot? Yeah. Let's 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 because so, it won't take us long. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it won't. Well, let's circle back. The general plot is. Uh, Furiosa, who is one of the champions of uh, Morton Joe, is meant to be taking the war rig from point A to point B. Yep. To point C, to go, back to point A. Yeah, to go get, what is it, to go get fuel? Fuel, gasoline. Yeah, yeah. gasoline. <laughs> and, and go to the bullet farmers. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be like, get some more gas, get some bullets, come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously this is, the way it's set up is obviously this is like a ritual kind of thing that they yeah. do every so often, you know, mm. because... Everyone crowds in. He gives everyone some water. You know, mm. it's all very ritualistic. Yeah. You know. Just it's, like just cool. like anyone with a good personality cult. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And then, it's really normal to ritualize everything. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Like going to the shops. It's yeah. really important. <laughs> Certainly shows signs of mental stability. Imagine if we did that in our day to day life. You're standing at the door, your family's crowded around, yeah. they hand Drums you they hand you the reusable shopping bags. Yeah. Someone else hands you your wallet. Oh yes, master, please. Gloriosa will bring back twelve Kit Kats. <laughs> Um, she and- then might also bring back some apples. Yeah. Now have Aww. some. Have, have a quick squirt from the hose. <laughs> yeah. <Yay. laughs> out the front, spraying everyone. Uh, but Furiosa quickly yeah. makes a detour. Um, she she turns that rig to the east, going into enemy territory, and it turns out she has smuggled out the wives of Immortan Joe. Yes. Mm. Uh, very very bold move, uh, stealing uh, your god king's uh, various wives. Um, but obviously, a, uh, an important thing because this is all about undermining uh, Immortan Joe, yeah, mm. and and saving these um, these these girls from uh, a pretty horrid life, yeah. Um, and you know, one of them is uh, very heavily pregnant with what he would hope would be his perfect child, um, and to avoid that fate, Furiosa wants to take them all to the green place where she came from as a child, yeah. yeah. And um, that's what Max gets roped in. We have an excellent chase scene, which is just explosions everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it also- match Max gets because so Max gets hooked up to Nicholas Holt's character Nux. Yeah, because mm. Nux needs blood because they're all because they're so 
because of this world they live in, they're so sick, they're constantly dying. Mm. Yeah. They basically need to replenish themselves with healthy cells, you know. And so they, so, so because the war cry goes out, he's obsessed with getting on the road to, you know, mm. I can't remember what the exact line was, but it's like, I'll die in glory on the furious road or something like some really cool line like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. then I'll get to go to Valhalla. Go to or... Valhalla, yeah. Mm. yeah. And so they, they literally strap Max to the bonnet of his car it's a hood ornament. <laughs> like a giant hood mm. ornament yeah. it's so cool it's yeah and it's it is, yeah it is an impressive image yeah and, and it's like, perilous and max has got like yeah. a kind of trident like face Skulls, golden it, it, it reminded me of a scold's bridle hmm. which is yeah, very okay. which is very interesting because when he gets it off is when the girls are getting their um chastity uh, belts, chastity belts yeah. off hmm. um are you aware of a skull, what a skull's brother? No, I'm not. It's a punishment that was around, at least in medieval times, mm. I'm not sure how far it progressed, which was basically a, a headpiece that, yeah, wrapped around a woman's head, had to be a woman, and then there was a plate that sat on their tongue. And it was if the woman was being particularly annoying or talkative. Or a gossip. Or a gossip. Rumor mongering. Yeah. And it would get bolted. Yeah. It would get tied to her head. Mm. And it would hold. And she would. Yeah. yeah. It would hold the tongue in place, as I'm about to demonstrate. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't talk. Yeah. And it wasn't possible to talk. Um, and then she would be, get oh. like pushed through the, um, the town mm. and ridiculed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found it interesting that they that they chose to have that because really he yeah. was tied there. He, he they didn't need to have that on him. No, they didn't. But they yeah, I just found it interesting. That well, is that no, I reckon you, I reckon mm. there's no way that was coincidental. Mm. Yeah, and this they this, must have known what that meant. And yeah. th- this film is very much um, leaning hard into roles of patriarchy and matriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not so much subtext as just like overwhelming Slam it in text. Your face. It's like you know all, yeah. all the talk of mother's milk and having mm. children and the fact that, um, you know, all of these women as property. Women as property. Even refers to them as his well, property quite yeah. a few times. Well, you see, actually, in a lot of examples throughout history, and for example, *Handmaid's Tale* as speculative, well, speculative fiction with like links back to history when times are tough one thing that men particularly like to do is control women um usually sexually Mm. because then because women are in some respects a key to power they have a power because they have the power to bring life um and particularly in an environment where life is so tenuous having control over someone who is able to birth a child right. is quite important. Mm. And mm. so if Morton Joe's got five wives, yeah. that just shows how how much of a big deal he is. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a really, really interesting setting in which to tell this sort of story mm. um, because the other Mad Max films, uh, it's been a long time since I've watched them, but I don't remember a very strong feminist undercurrent in any no. of them. I don't think, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time for me too, but I don't, I don't think it's anything like this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe mm. I've not seen Beyond Thunderdome. It but, could be. I mean, you know, you've yeah. got, you. I think there is, I don't know how big her role is, but you have got Tina Turner in it as mm. a fairly prominent character from what I understand. So maybe there is a well, little bit of it in there, but I, think, I couldn't comment. I so. think also the main, the main issue within the other three, as far as I'm aware, having only seen the first one, is the fact that there's no petrol or gas. Yeah. 
Whereas in this one, that doesn't seem to, like, yes, that's an issue, but that doesn't seem to be a massively pressing issue. Mm. No. They're not going out and stealing, like when they flip Max's car, yes, they steal the car, but they don't steal his petrol and no, everything. No, it, it, it did seem like they used petrol pretty yeah, whereas, willingly. Like, although, whereas like, water and yeah. arable land seems to be the issue. Yeah. 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 Although we did have like when, you know, they were doing the big expedition chasing the wall rig. Yeah. And yet the other boss is there going, we've used this many units yeah. of gasoline yeah. and we can't afford this, that kind mm. of thing. Like it's, it is a precious commodity, but I yeah. think switching it to be the resources that you need for life mm. was interesting. Yeah. And also I think it very much tied into the fact that I feel as though a lot of what was tied into the um, the feminine aspects of this film and mm. the, the feminine identity were things which provided life, water, arable land, the plants, uh, yeah. those sorts of mm. things. Mm. Whereas none of those uh, female characters were concerned at all with gasoline, which is, mm. it's important in the world, but you don't need it to live. Yeah. Um, you need it to have power. Which, yeah. if we use... If George Miller has used the films to sort of reflect, um, well, yeah, reflect what's going on in the world, I think that's kind of a, an, a good reversal because um, Mad, the, the original Mad Max, that was what, a late 80s? No, 79. 79. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. that works even better for my theory. Yeah. So in the 70s, they hit, um, they had some real major petrol shortages in the US. Mm. And I think we probably, in Australia, probably got affected as well, mm. to the point where people were queuing for days. Right. Um, and there is, like, if you go into prepper circles, there is a oh, genuine yeah. fear of peak oil mm. where petrol reserves just get completely depleted and we have it, we don't have it anymore. Mm. Um, so that was a major concern in the early 80s, uh, which is partly why we all went to the Gulf War. Yeah. Now, 2015 comes around. What's our major concern? Other than, you know, well, now in 2018, our major concern is that Donald Trump is going to destroy us all (laughs) Mm. with his ludicrousness. Um, But one of the major concerns of the past 10 years has been how soon are we to the tipping point of um, climate change being completely irreversible? Mm. So how soon are we to the tipping point where... Mad Max Fury Road becomes our our our, our landscape. Yeah. Mm. I would That's... like to think we are at least one human lifespan away from a very selfish yeah. point of view. Yeah. But yes, I think I think it's a very valid um Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, but it's an, it's an amazing observation. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing yeah. point. It's yeah. it's you know, it's one of those connections that you you make and you're like, yeah, it might be true. I You'd have so. to go ask it, George Miller to Yeah. To I mean, it. I think I think you're bang on. Yeah. I yeah. think I would be very very surprised if that wasn't what inspired mm. those choices, you know, making it water, land, yeah. things we need to just stay alive. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Um there's so many wonderful little moments within this story. Um, when Max and Furiosa are fighting, when when he first, yeah. uh, you know, tries to, when he sees them pulled over after surviving yeah. the sandstorm, and he's got the shotgun, even though he knows it doesn't work, and he's like getting water and trying to get the chain off because Nux mm. is still attached he's to it. He's dragging Nux around yeah. him, yeah, <laughs> um, unconscious. Nux. I totally thought he was dead still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly did until you you got like it was until like, he like coughed or something. It was yeah. more. He's been here for two minutes. He can't be dead. Like it was yeah, like yeah. He, they're dragging him around for a reason. If he was dead, they would have found a way to get. Yeah. The, if, um, if he was dead, he would have blasted his arm off with yeah. the shotgun. Yeah. So. That, that was cool. I love that. When yeah. he holds up 
so he holds up yeah. the chain it's connected to nux's arm yeah. and then yeah holds the shotgun against it to blow it off and I tell you what, there was a moment there before he tried out. that before he tried that where i was like is he gonna try and bite through his it did arm? look like yeah. that didn't it? Cause he was sort of gnawing like, at it i was like it. yeah oh no i don't want to say that <laughs> just shoot it off yeah um and then, sorry, yeah, you're yeah, yeah the, the fight, fight, the fight yeah. with Furiosa was really mm. such a cool fight. Yeah, it's wonderful, and you know Furiosa's robotic arm yeah. is really cool. It's mm. it's just love. It's just it's just yeah. really excellent design, and seems fitting it within this world as well. Yeah, like it's yeah. clearly made out of like bits of scrap yeah, car, sort of like, yeah, like hydraulic mm. car bits. Yeah, you know, have made this. Yeah, yeah, and it it it's. It's just a wonderful sequence, which ultimately ends with Max uh, getting into the rig and then the rig not going very far because the kill switches and him yeah. being forced to, against against his instincts, help these um, these wives and Furiosa escape. And then Nux gets dragged along for the adventure for a bit. Yeah. Um, all the stuff in the canyon with the motorbike guys was pretty cool. I like that bit. They, yeah. just, they just made me think of Sam People. Yeah, they were like... Really like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like with the exception that they actually talk. They actually spoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the spiky cars yeah. just before that. In that, that I love how terrifying. many spikes were on those cars. Yeah, yeah. I love. I I, I love all of the vehicle designs. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So favorite vehicle. Like favorite. Oh man, because I have one in mind. <sighs> I loved. Yeah, you go first. The mm. bullet farmer's vehicle with the that, tank treads. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was so. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. It just looked badass and ridiculous. I think I liked what was the girls group? I can't the girls the, tribe. Uh, Vuvelini, the, the Vuvelini. The Vuvelini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked their bikes. Yeah, yeah. The bikes were, I think I liked Immortan Joe's car, the big you know, four wheel drive thing they used mm-hmm. to climb over the I like I liked that Joe's car was part Cadillac. Yeah, mm. I was like. I thought it was two Cadillacs stacked on top of each other. Well, yeah, it was anyway. It was, yeah, you're right. Cadillac was involved. Yeah, it was somewhere. Cadillac. Yeah, yeah. it I was like, wonderful, and I loved the the sort of almost like uh, I think I like this. That's my favorite. The, the Mongolian like uh, war, horseback warrior feel that the um, the uh, motorbike guys in the canyon, it, mm. the motorbike guys in the canyon, and the um, the the, uh, the Furiosa's people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when they ca- encountered them later, I loved the fact that like it looked as though that you know they lived on their bikes. They Everything yeah. was done with the bikes. It was yeah. just so lovely. And like the one who had the, the suitcase with the plants in it. Yeah. And it was just like, she was great. Yeah, I yeah. really just... It was such care and such attention to detail. It made me want to love the it film It felt more. lived yeah. in. Yeah. And it, that was the thing. It, like, it felt like the, everyone involved really respected the process. Mm. And it made me just want to invest more in the film. And I think yeah. it was... I think it's just an absolutely lovely... Lovely film. It's a lovely film. What a lovely film. Uh, but it's, um, but at the same time, we see people getting speared through the head and like yeah. people's faces getting ripped off and sick. Yeah, things like that. Like awesome. it's it's such an interesting balance. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, a few interesting Australian cameos as well. I didn't yeah. know Megan Gale was going to be in that. This was film. the model I alluded she to was, at the top? Yeah, of the, yeah. I was surprised how good she was. Yeah, yeah. she was very good. Um, because I know she's done some acting roles. Yeah, she's a pretty decent actor. Yeah, yeah. but I've ne- I, I've never seen her in anything. And yeah, yeah she was I was pretty quite... badass with that gun as well. She yeah, take she's out good. Yeah. Joe. Um, yeah. And then of course all the uh, the various crime lords. I'm going to call them the uh, mm. Morton Joe's helpers. Yeah, were yeah, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, you had um, John Howard. John Howard is um, not the former prime minister. Not the former prime minister. The, what's his name? What the 
the flesh eater or something. Oh, I don't it know. was something like that. Gold. We'll call him Gold Nose. Gold Nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. old Gold Nose. Mm. And then um, Richard Cardo, who's another um, very prolific Australian character actor, as the bullet farmer, mm. Mm. just pulling a bullet out of his. Pulling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then when he gets blinded he's and he's just shooting wildly, shooting machine guns. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that bit where he's gone on ahead mm. to track them down. Although that sequence had one of the moments where I got really annoyed with the wives. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, okay, towards the end, I, by the end, I really liked the wives. Yeah. At the beginning, I only liked one of them, the, the pregnant one. Right. Because she, she actually had some balls to her and actually went and did things. Whereas the others seemed to be kind of like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> You have a wonderful way they went of like words, what? Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my feeling is that I, I feel as though this was very much they had to grow because yes, they they'd yes. obviously live very sheltered lives. You've got mm. the fact that the the Vuvuzelas, what were their names? The, the Vuvulani, the Vuvulani, uh, who are a lot less annoying than Vuvuzelas. Uh, the, Vuv- <laughs> the Vuvulani, when they were like, mm. this one still got all their teeth. Vuvulini, yeah. Vuvulini, Vuvulini. Yeah, yeah. The, when the Vuvulini are, are like checking out these, yeah. these girls and going yeah. like, look how look how soft they are. Yeah, you know, it's it's very clear that like Immortan Joe has essentially kept them as pets yeah. that he can share. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I got that, yeah. but I still... But yeah, what was the bit? The that... moment where, where one of them goes, why are they shooting at us? Don't they know that we're here? And I'm like, get out of the freaking way, you twit. It was a little bit like a callback to Picnic at Hanging Rock. Just just some Australian <gasps> girls in the wilderness not knowing what to do. Yes. A little bit of that vibe. Not just demonstrating common sense, going, someone's mm. sh- shooting wildly. Maybe I shouldn't stand in the one spot. <sighs> but, you know, you have to learn these things. You know, it's life, life is an experience that can yeah. be cut very short by the bullet farmer if you're not careful. Yes. Um, but I love that where they get bogged down, it's the middle of the night. And, mm. you know, they're trying to have his sort of cat gaining on them. Yeah. And they use the tree, the thing. I like the Nux didn't know what a, didn't know what a tree was yeah. called. I love yeah. little touches like that are great. Yeah. Like really that thing like over that there, too. and she goes, he means the tree. It's mm. yeah. such great little moments. Like, yeah, of course he would. He's just an uneducated war boy. Yeah. 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 Whereas, um, whereas the, the wives have probably had time had some kind between of the shagging yeah. of, yeah. In between and, that, they're probably given books and stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. oh, look, there's well, some pictures. They, they know that. They've seen the water. They've seen the gardens that, mm. that Immortan Joe has. We see them oh, at the start. Yeah, of the yeah. yeah true. When he, he wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they mm. they would have had access to that, whereas obviously Nux didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, you're, you're about to say when Max departs. Departs. Yeah. And then and then you just use a massive explosion, and mm. yeah, he comes back with all everything. That all the guns. Yeah. I love that he that the bullet farmer. You don't know what Max did. Mm. You don't know how he killed them, but he did. Well, he did, he left with a um, a can of gasoline. Yeah, yeah, but and, like, but and like a you don't know. Yeah, but you so, don't like beyond that. Yeah, you don't know how he managed to take yeah. them all out. Before you we just speculate, see a big explosion in the distance. No. It's great. Before we speculate on what Max did, I think there's a really important point there where Max has certainly been the character who we follow at the start and the end of this story, mm. but we don't follow Max to that bit. That's which a good for point. me, yeah, the focus stays on Furiosa. It's almost as though once those characters have that trust, the story's focus is transferred to Furiosa, and she essentially hands it back at the end of the film mm. um, to an extent when we see yeah. the, when we see those two part. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I love that little bit of mystery of what did Max do? Yeah, I agree with you to a point. Mm-hmm. The thing like that that theory works until you get to the point where 
Furiosa and Mad Max separate, and we stay with Mad Max. Yeah, but uh, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Is like it. It's Mad Max is our is our in point and our out point. Mm. But somewhere in this story, he hands the focus of the story over to Furiosa, mm. and then that focus is returned once she has essentially redeemed herself. Once she rips Immortan Joe's mask off. Yeah. Um and and almost dies and we see mm. Max sort of come back into the story then trying to keep her alive. Yeah. Um I feel as though there is some sort of transition of of focus there. Mm. Okay, you've got a machete and you've got a can of gas. Yeah. How do you take out the bullet farmer? <sighs> and he's driving pretty much a tank. Yeah. You could do, like, somehow strap the gasoline to the underside of the tank, like they tried to do with, you know, Russian tanks in World War Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then use the machete to as, like, a flint. I'm wondering, if, yeah, that could work. I'm wondering if maybe he pours a line yeah. of gasoline across the road, it ignites it, just as they're about to sort of catch his things on fire, mm-hmm. causing him to stop. Yeah. And then he kind of... In, in amongst the chaos, sneaks on, yeah. you know, uses a machete to take some guys out. Maybe inflict a, a hole in the gas tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blow the whole thing up. Yeah, that's I mean, there is also the tree. He could potentially try and utilize that. Maybe lure them to the tree and have the tree essentially like all gasoline up. Mm. Essentially, is like oh, a yeah, yeah, bomb. Yeah. 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 To an extent, like yeah, and you know, he could machete himself off a couple of sticks and beat him over yeah. the head with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good work. But yeah, the mystery, the mystery remains. But I love that bit. I do love that we didn't see what he did there. Because there's, and again, it's not like you're missing out on action because mm. this whole movie is action. Yeah. It was just such a nice little moment of like, you don't get, you don't get to see this one. Mm. Use your imagination. Yeah. It's like, thank you, George Miller. I will. Um, Nux. We've, we've, we've spoken about him, but we've not really examined Nux, who yeah. obviously starts off as one of the villains mm. and ends up sacrificing himself to save the wives and save Furiosa and save Max. Mm. Nux is a very interesting character who goes through a very big transition in a short amount of time. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Um, But he also, he's a character who has a crisis of faith. Um, And like he has that one moment where, where Morton Joe trusts him with the task of essentially going and killing um, the girls. Essentially just saying, you know, like take this gun do the task and I will take you to Valhalla myself. And Nux is like, ah, and then he trips. He rolls a nat one and just completely (laughs) messes it up. And that's where you get the great mediocre. Within (laughs) 10 seconds. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that great line. And then, and then the fact that he's, he's cowering up, he's like, he's like still on board the war rig, but he's cowering and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And he's um, found by one of the, the wives and capable finds him. And, um, you know, she is essentially telling him that, it's okay to fail to an extent Uh, and you know like actually tries to find out about nux as a person and it's just it's just a really lovely kind of unexpected soft through line in the film yeah Mm. and yeah yeah, i I just really liked it i I love what they did with nux nux could have quite easily been another peter garrett with shiny teeth just roaming around the desert collecting scars yeah um but he was great I agree. I, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, it's something that I didn't quite notice until this time. And I think you mentioned it mm. at the time, Katrina. It was like, he, he, why he had that flip is sort of, 
Yeah, it said something. It's, it, it's very quick. And yeah. if you miss it, then the, yeah. his motivation is not and unfortunately, 100% clear. That was one of the moments where I'm like, I can't, I can't hear what you're saying. Hear what you're saying. Mm. I heard Manifest Destiny. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think I, I get it. I'm yeah. like, I, okay, and it's something he's, that I'd just gone along with the, the previous two times I've seen the movie. But this time mm. I was like, oh, yeah, actually, you're right. It's sort of, and, and you're right, Steve, when you say that that's sort of why, perhaps, you know, he's showing some genuine kindness for the first time, mm. you know, in this very troubled moment that he finds himself in but it's still it just yeah it's very quick and it's almost not yeah i clear enough i think in a way it's quite possible and this i'll have to re-watch it and maybe with subtitles um so we can hear (laughs) what they're all saying um i think at least within that moment with with the wife he he's still maybe within the same belief system but he's transferring how to how to fulfill that belief system whereas i think mm. by the end of the film he's actually dropped out of it completely and he's aligned with the wife um, and trying yeah, to protect okay. her whereas i think maybe at least in that moment he's gone oh there's another wo- way to to fulfill Task, going to Valhalla yeah. and going yeah. and fulfilling the task yeah. and everything, yeah. and and yeah, it, it, and it turns that almost that quite silly thing at the start of the film of you know the mall screaming "Witness me," um, mm. and you know it's quite touching when he says "Witness me" mm. just before turning the war rig and saving and like killing himself but saving everyone yeah. um, mm. in the process. Um, it's just it's just a really nice moment. It's mm. yeah, it is yeah yeah, and it's yeah again motivation maybe gets a bit muddled, yeah. but I also feel as though this is not necessarily a film for big sweeping character development. No, you're right. It's, you're it's right. like the fact that there is some in there is lovely. I yeah. think it's certainly much more nuanced than um, I think most other people would have made a Mad Max reboot. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't think many people were coming here for like a moving examination of character within mm. a religious cult. They came to see cars exploding. <laughs> they came to see... Essentially, Robot Wars on a much bigger scale. <laughs> and I was getting yeah. mad Robot Wars vibes when they had the circular saws on, on oh, the cars. Yeah, yeah. The guys on the sticks just swinging down. I love I, I was getting Cirque du Soleil vibes with those. Yeah. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So like these, mm. these guys on big bendy sticks. Yeah. That come, yeah. I love those spears that have like explosives on the end. Yeah. I thought mm. that were really cool. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's very yeah. that's very inventive. So as soon as like, they, they make impact... I also loved there was a um, a big truck with a with a big digger on the yeah. back and they just swung the digger arm around like a yeah, and hooked onto, hooked onto the other stuff. Worry. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ultimately any conversation of Mad Max will always come back to but what about this car? Yeah. Uh, well because that thing? you know, especially in this movie, I mean they were all made from what I understand. They all mm. actually constructed these mm. weird hybrid fusion cars. Mm. And there were so many of them and it, it, the whole point the whole, the whole point, but you know, they're, they're just present mm. right, the whole film. Mm. You can't help but talk about them. Yeah. It's probably a good time for us to uh, transition over to the trivia section. Great. Mm. Uh, particularly. Well, should uh, we just quickly finish what? So yes. basically, they make it to the Buvellini. Oh, yeah, sorry. The, yeah, we should finish the plot. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't got much more to go because it's, it's pretty simple. They yeah. make, they kind of make end of the road, they kind of pass through this weird swamp land that we talked about with the mm. stilt walking people. We find out that was. The green land, yeah. That Furiosa remembered it had turned poison. Everything was, mm. had died, 
So, and they felt they were trapped. So they decided Which, to... can I can we just yeah, stop yeah. on the green lane? Because I've seen there's been so many films where I'm like, oh, we need to we need to get to this place, the 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 mythical um, paradise yeah. in the apocalyptic world. Like you see it in Zombieland, you see it in I now can't rene- remember any other film that has that. Um, Naushka, uh, Valley of the Wind by Studio Ghibli. In um, um, the Last of Us, I think, in the video game. Yeah, pretty much any the, zombie yeah. movie I find. Yeah. Um, Somewhere that's safe. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's always, yeah, some sort of paradise, safe paradise. I like the fact, because in so many of those, they get there, or they never get there, or they get there and it's just, oh, it never existed. Yeah. I like the fact that it did exist. Yeah. But it's it's gone now. Yeah. Um, Who destroyed the world? Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to that that question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, Max essentially says, why don't we just go back and take the yep. Citadel? Yep. Mm. And they're like, what? And then, and then he explains it to them and they're like, ooh, actually, that's a good mm. idea. So they turn around and there's a whole other chase pretty much back the way we came. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like great. one of those roller much coasters. Much quicker chase. <laughs> much quicker chase, yeah. yeah. It's like one of those roller coasters where you get to the end and then it goes, now experience the fastest roller coaster in the world. Backwards. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, it's... It culminates in that great climax through the, through the canyon where we first met all the, the sand people. Yeah. <laughs> the sand, sand rag the people. The sand rag people, yeah. Um, oh, and just before we continue, can I just say how awesome it is that... Charlie's there on Furiosa's people when she finds them. All these fantastic older so Australian incredible. actresses mm. that I was like, oh, I've seen you on Franny Fisher. I've seen you in this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's great. And they are awesome. Mm. They're amazing. They, they are they? like, oh, yeah, this is how you shoot, shoot someone yeah. and one everything. Man, one like bullet. That. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and like the fact that. Yeah, we have someone like Megan Gale, who who's a model, and going into a film like this for because I'm pretty sure she's still a working model. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Going yeah. into a film like this, where you see her crow's feet, you see you see how old she is, mm. like younger than the rest of them, but still. But yeah, she's been a. She's been in her forties. Forties, probably. Yeah. I think so. Look that up. I will look that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't um, that's a that's a ballsy move for a model. Totally, yeah. Because you know, some modeling agent will look through this and be like, "Oh, not going to hire." I guess Megan she Gale can again. because she is so. I don't think we quite appreciate in Australia yeah. how famous she actually is. Yeah, like especially in places like Italy. At the yeah. time of release, she would have been thirty-nine. Okay, so okay. nearly yeah. forty. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and also, I mean, you know, you say we see her crow's feet. I mean, in the crow's nest, we see a lot more. Um, it's, yeah. But yeah. I oh, liked the fact that we never saw we never saw her naked up close. No. Exactly, and yeah. I loved you didn't need that. to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact that proved they, the point. Yeah, yep. that she was bait. Yep. You saw and, a bottom, and, and that's then, all you needed to yeah. see. Yeah, yep. and and then you see how quickly she gets down and gets dressed immediately. And I yeah. was like, "Of course she, uh, of course a naked chick would be awesome bait." Mm. Yeah, that's it's such a good idea. But she knows she's safe, so she gets dressed. And yeah, like, and I was like, "That's a really good use of that." Of, yeah, because yeah. chances are anyone that's going around in the desert that's going to cause them trouble will have a dick and will yeah. probably be straight and will probably therefore find. Uh, the bait of yep. um, a nude woman, just too tempting, and then yeah. they can get taken out by the motorcycle grannies. And yeah. it's just, mm. yeah, motorcycle it's just grannies. clever. It makes sense. Mm. Oh, there was another great line that I think that one of them had. I can't remember which one it was now, but it was um, 
oh, how'd she say it? Like, I've killed everyone I've ever met out here. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, that's right. That's right. One of the, one of the wives, the, the, the really platinum blonde one, yeah. the dag, I think her nickname is. Because, hmm. you, you know, she's looking at her up. You go, you kill people with that thing? And she goes, oh, I killed everyone I've ever met out here. It's like, oh, yes, you do. It's so cool. <laughs> she's like, that's why I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like, that's right. And, and we, we have the amazing chase sequence. We have Furiosa getting a redemption. By ripping open Morton Joe's face, yeah, and oh. it you was know, for great. for a Mad Max film, as I as I think I said part the way through, he was reasonably bloodless. Yeah, yeah. With the exception really of, what, of ripping that, off it's Joe's all saved face. for that that one bit. Yeah, like, yeah. maximum impact. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Yeah, um, it's, really it's a clever. really strong choice. Yeah, because it makes that stand out. It makes it stand out when they show his body on Mad the car. Maximum mm. impact. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he, and they show his um, his half ripped off face yeah, yeah right through the, the binoculars end. and um yeah. yeah it does have that impact i just think that's such a great scene where you know max gets out of the car all the he reveals the body throws mm. it on the floor everyone rips it to bits yeah and then they see the wives and then furiosa gets out and they're all going like send her up send yeah. her up and yeah it's mm. it's just a really good strong finish and then max yeah. slips away yeah just i'm out although yes it is a strong finish I still feel there is so much left unanswered mm. with that. And I'm like, with that ending, I was like, yep, there's going to be another one. Well, well it, it's, yeah. I mean, that's interesting is like, where do you go from here? Because yeah. that also, you know how they talk about when they do find the Vuvalini and they go, mm. oh, it's gone. You've gone past it. It's all poison. It's like, yeah. there is then that little back of your mind. They go back to Immortan Joe's city and mm. go, well, how long is this going to last as well? Yeah. You know, like... If this world can't sustain greenery and water, mm. like, you know, is water replenishing itself like it does? In the, or is it just, is that all of it? You know, again, it, like, like yeah. I said, that little thing, it's like, where do you go from here? What's the next story mm-hmm. going to be? Because I think there are so I don't, many things I don't left, think it, you know? I, if there's another film, I don't think it'll deal with the women. I think, Probably not. I think I think it'll yeah. follow Mad Max to somewhere, to somewhere else. else. Well, yeah. it's interesting because... The the day we're recording this, I was mm. about to say, well, there's been a lot of issues with um, trying to do sequels to this. There's been a lot yeah. of production issues. Obviously, issues with Tom Hardy's availability because he's so busy acting mm. in pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, some production issues, things like that. Um, a news article from uh, express.co.uk. There's your pinch of salt, everybody. Um, says <laughs> that Tom Hardy has confirmed that there will be sequels to Mad Max Fury Road oh. saying it was always the plan oh, cool. to do a trilogy um, mm. just having a look now the um, it's all in British newspaper speak so I apologise for this okay. um, the 40 year old Brit has given an update confirming planned sequels are in the works scrolls through about two pages of adverts Mm-mm. speaking uh, <laughs> at San Diego Comic Con Hardy said it was always the plan to do three of them so I think we're still waiting on being given the opportunity and the green light to go ahead with the next one but when I engaged on that there was a plethora of material on it obviously it belongs to Warner Brothers so it'd be great to be green lit basically it's not being confirmed it's just yeah. it's, it's one of those things still... that they are talking about yeah, yeah. Still still this, this film was massively popular I mean it yeah. got it got Oscars yeah. It, got, yeah. it got a fair amount of Oscars yeah which um, is pretty astonishing for for something like Mad Max like I guess I guess we we need to stop saying that like action film the action films like this don't win Oscars mm-hmm. because we've been proven wrong in the past couple of years like like Mad Max winning Oscars mm. and oh, what were some of the other ones um there were some other ones 
recently. Well, just this last Oscar, um, Get Out won Best Writing? Or was it Best Director? Yeah, but that, but that doesn't it was, surprise um, me because of, because, of the, yeah. because of the racial element. You're right. Mm. Yes, you are right about that. But I also just think, be, but it is a, it's not a traditional Oscar yeah. movie either. Yeah, because it is a, yeah, it is a horror, horror movie. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a thrill yeah, horror we, movie. Yeah, we are getting all these. Which also don't get Oscars, same as action movies. Mm. Yeah, so I think you're right. That, yeah, you know, we're yeah, we are getting all these, getting all that. these films mm. that are from different, from untraditional genres, Oscar mm. genres. Yeah, mm. which is, which is nice to see. Mm. Um, let's have a look at some trivia. Let's let's, let's have do a look it. at some Mad Max trivia. Uh, editor Margaret Sixel, who is married to George Miller, mm. um, she had roughly 470 hours of footage to edit. Jeez. Watching it all took three months. Oh, oh my god! My god. <laughs> yeah. Now she must really love George. Yeah. Right, see, now I've 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 not been involved in film much before you have Stephen Mm -hmm. do you would you would you watch that all straight and then then just go back then start going back or would you watch a bit and be like oh yeah we're definitely going to keep that watch a bit more nah we're going to get rid of that yeah well I mean that I'm assuming that 470 hours is all the cuts so within that it would be about picking which which take was the best yeah but I think a lot of that would be additional extra stuff like Mm. you know this drop plot lines and stuff like that the world building bits and pieces you know all the details in, in those cars you know like the fact that she had like a knife in the in the in the yeah. gear shift like that kind of thing there's probably things we haven't seen mm. that they would have shot and gone we can't use it yeah. um it's a that's a lot 470 hours is a yeah. bit over massive yeah um but yeah it's it, again attention to detail is is phenomenal yeah. and it also mm. makes you think if they've taken 470 hours and knocked it down to two yeah this is a really tight good two hours of film it yeah. is um, i think in yeah. answer to your question, I think it, it's probably how they've done it is they've decided yeah. what order they need to edit the film in, what scenes mi- yeah. take priority. They would look at all the footage for that one scene, yeah. edit that together. But then at the end, they would have to constantly review it because the mm. mo- movies change so much during the edit. Yeah. You have to make sure tonally it's consistent. It would have been – so take even just taking watching all that footage out, yeah. which you would have had to do bits at a time, it would have been – a mammoth task yeah like an absolutely monumental job trying to edit this movie yeah yeah and well i mean look it 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 looks great though it, it does. looks incredible and, it, and the, yeah it's not, it looks and she did an incredible job but and yeah it i was surprised when you said that a, it was two hours hmm. i did not feel it did not feel like two hours you'll yeah. be pleased to know she did win the oscar for good best excellent good. i just did a quick check um this this film also won the oscars for best costume design Best production design, best sound editing, yep, best sound surprised. mixing, and best makeup. Yeah, yep. not all, surprised. All the technical awards. And, of course, was nominated for other things like best picture, best director, and yeah. best cinematography. But obviously didn't win those ones. But but yeah, winning six but of still, the ten Oscars that it was nominated for. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty very impressive. Yeah. yeah, and it's good that it got all those technical ones because that would have been all the people involved in there from editing, makeup, mm. sound, all that stuff would have just mm. been a colossal undertaking. Mm. Yeah. Uh, over eighty percent of the effects in the film are practical. Yeah. Uh, stunts, makeup, sets, all practical. CGI was used sparingly, mainly to enhance the landscape. They were filming in Namibia. So yeah, they to I noticed that on quite a few points. I'm, I'm not a big fan of CGI in films. Okay. Ever since I think The Hobbit, mm-hmm. where I'm like, it feels like I'm watching a video game. Yeah. 
really annoying and particularly with 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 the situation of the hobbit like looking back at the lord of the, the original lord of the rings trilogy where they used more practical effects i'm like it's so much better mm. and even even if they did use it minimally i feel like the mm. the cgi that they did use even if it's just for landscape enhancing well was, i mean there's some some bits that they had to use so for yeah. example a lot mm. of it was used to remove stunt rigging which yeah. they would have had to have, have yeah. had to perform those stunts uh, and also furiosa's arm yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that those areas I didn't find there was an issue. I actually sort of to loop back thinking about Furious's arm because that with that CGI that was perfect come yeah. to think of it, which makes me think the dodgy CGI right at the end it makes me think even more that that was, was purpose. Deliberate. Yeah, it's yeah, deliberate. It was, it, well, it yeah. felt stylistically yeah. chosen. Yeah. It felt as though it was meant to look a bit wacky. Um, a bit cheesy. Yeah, to a an bit extent. poorly rendered. Mm. I wouldn't say it was poorly rendered. I'd just say it was kind of, it just felt out of place. Yeah. It felt like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It just, mm. explosion had happened in the middle of my Mad Max film. Yeah. Um, the flame guitarist is an Australian <laughs> musician called Sean Hape, better known as Iota. Yeah. Um, in an interview in 2000, um, on Vice, sorry, in an interview on Vice, he said the guitar weighed 132 pounds. That's probably why he's got the rig mm. for And it. shot real gas-powered flames. Oh, wow. Which he controlled with the whammy bar. Yeah, <laughs> the flamey bar. Yeah, it was <laughs> wonderful. Every guitarist's yeah. dream. Now, I've heard about this guy because um, regular guest Tegan, who is also my partner, she, I think she informed me is he, he kind of came to fame when he played Hedwig from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. In, I think he played it here in Australia. Yeah. It was a stage version anyway. So that's yeah. how she, because Miss Higgins a big fan of that story, that movie. Mm. So she knows mm. him through playing that character. So he's reasonably well known around mm. the place. Very bit of a renaissance man. Yeah. You know, he I, I personally does a bit of have not heard of him, but that is not saying much because I'm pretty terrible with musicians <laughs> and knowing music. Yeah. Well, I think he's more of a performance artist. So he's oh, probably yeah. not like, the only reason I know of him is because of that. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think he's kind of more known in like the more artsy circles. Mm. But yeah, he's fairly prolific from all accounts. And yeah. he plays an amazing doof warrior. He certainly does. <laughs> uh, according to Rosie Huntington-Whitley, um, who was one of the wives, mm. uh, whenever she or the other wives' clothing slipped, Tom Hardy wouldn't tell them directly. He would act with a cartoonish eye pop to let them know to fix it. B- because sometimes it would happen during a take. Yeah. And he didn't want to be like, guys, your, your stuff's slipping out. He would just kind of go like big cartoon eyes at them. And they go, <laughs> oh, right and fix which i think is just a really really funny idea of like, tom hardy being all serious and then going Ooh, with his eyes <laughs> um the film was shot in sequence. It's also a little pervy. yeah it is a little shot pervy. in sequence the film yeah the film was shot in sequence oh, that's cool. so oh, it was shot yeah. in order probably just to help margaret if margaret had to reorder three months of <laughs> editing she'd be like george well, just shoot it in order this well, is too hard from what i understand because I've only ever heard of one other film that's been shot in sequence, and that was uh, an Ellen Page film, which I haven't seen. And it was mainly shot in sequence because she had to shave her head. Mm. Um, oh. But from what I've heard, doing that makes it really difficult. And yeah. that can actually add cost to your film mm. by, you by a considerable yeah. amount. Often because you have to go back to locations that yeah. you could have just shot all at yeah. on one day. You know, mm. Like I imagine in a movie like this, you would have shot pretty much everything on the set Mm. For the the city, yeah, you'd have done that first. But I guess if they shot it in sequence, they would have started there, 
gone yeah. all the way out into the desert and then come back, mm. yeah, it would have been... Uh, Although, that being said, with... Like, say, for example, where, where, they're, where they're camped with the... Um, Furiosa's people, that could have just as easily have been the exact same part of desert that they were at. For yeah, you're right. Actually, part yeah. of the part of the run, mm. there is there there is potential at least for location for a lot of yeah. repetition and location. Um, speaking of the editing, Margaret Sexel had never directed an action film. Oh, sorry, edited an action film ah. before. Cool. She'd edited other films, but not action. Uh, yeah. When asked why George Miller chose um, to let his wife edit this when she'd never done an action film, as he said. Because if a guy did it, um, it would look like every other action movie. He made a very deliberate choice in going, yeah. I yeah. want it to look Yeah, come different. to think of it, even though those girls are wearing very little, and yes, there is a scene where like it's basically a wet t-shirt contest. Mm. We don't get any like up-the-leg shots. We don't get any like close-up shots of the boob. The yeah. closest we get is that close-up shot of, of, of her the pregnant belly. I mean, mm. yeah. But that's to show... Yeah. The child. It's, to, not, to, it's not sexualized yeah. in any way. Yeah, to yeah. sort of emphasise her importance. It kind of makes sense. I'm always wary of, of, of saying this because it's still a choice the mm. filmmakers made. Yeah. Where, you know, when people go, well, at least they tried to do this in a movie. It's like, yeah, but they still, the filmmakers still made the choice yeah. to do it. So I'm wary of, of, of getting too defensive. But it does make sense in the, in the world of the film that they would be wearing yes. kind of yes. billowy sort of roby things yeah. like you know like with just sort of bras and underwear with yeah, like a which, billowy overshirt which kind I of thing i think i was sitting there thinking i'm like okay so you would, you would, like, you would dress so, them like angels kind yeah, of thing. sort of sort of thinking through like the characters the mm. what's his name immortal joe um his thought patterns and i'm like that's actually really smart getting them to dress in things like that because they can't hide that they're pregnant <gasps> makes it a lot harder that's amazing yeah, yeah. of course God, that, mm. what, mind-blowing. See, yeah. Yeah. details, guys. <laughs> mm. Details. Yeah. Um, George Miller told the cinematographer John Seal to keep the main actor centred in screen so that the viewer's eye did not have to search um, for the who the focus was on because yeah. of the fast editing style. Uh, according to Seal, Miller said, keep the crosshairs on her nose. Uh, <laughs> Seal, who was not used to actors being cut off uh, from the edge of frame, took a while to get used to it. But again, mm. very chaotic, but I think a really strong te- choice of technique. Yeah. Because I never felt like I was lost or confused as to what was going yeah. yeah. Even though it was chaos. Yeah, yeah uh, and they ha- yeah. I have seen other films, like the, the first, oh, I think, 10 minutes of Hunger Games, where, to be fair, that's just jumpy like footage. It is so hard to follow what what you need to be looking at. Um, whereas, yeah, I would say, you know, in one way, this this entire film is that kind of pace that 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 Hunger Games has in those first ten minutes, where she's yeah. like running through the forest, and and yeah, it was much easier to watch. Yeah, I guess the camera's kind of doing the work for you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like okay, this is what you need to look at. Okay, great, I get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the fast pace at the beginning still takes a little, I think took me a little while to get into it and, yeah. to, and to sort of acclimatise to it. But mm. that that's kind of normal with those sort of pace films. Yeah. Uh, George Miller screamed some of the footage um, at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Uh, and after screening it, a man stood up and asked, how the hell did you film that? The man who asked the question 
was the director Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. <laughs> who I can imagine would have loved it. Yeah. Did <laughs> you just absolutely love that? Um and what? there were a lot of times watching what? this I'm going how did you do how, that? Yeah, how how how? Yeah. That was the main question. It was loving it, but I was also going how how does this work? Yeah, there was I even said to you during the movie it's like imagine how much prep would have gone into setting oh, yeah. up some of those shots, yeah. especially when all the cars weaving in and out of each yeah. other, and like yeah. just would have taken forever to set up, let alone actually shoot. Yeah, and yeah. how they even did it in the first place. Yeah, I will be honest. This normally, normally, I was thinking, I was sitting there thinking at one point, I'm like, normally, I'm making all these like little jokes when I'm when I'm watching these films with for the podcast. I couldn't come up with anything because I was so engaged and so, mm. so like, oh crap, they're going to die. They're going to yeah. die. Yeah. They're going to explode and die. I found so, note taking yeah. really hard in this film because I yeah. didn't want to yeah. look away. I think various of my notes as I was going through this are just everyone's in trouble. Oh, yeah. that guy's dead. Like, <laughs> I've just written that guy's dead. I, mean, I don't know who the guy is, but he is dead. <laughs> I don't care. I loved it. Um, I wonder if it's because it's. It, even though it's ironic because they shot 470 hours worth of footage, mm. but it's such a trim movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, there's, there's really there's no, no waste fat. of time. There's no fat at all. And I find when I'm watching a movie, I might make jokes about bits that tend to come when it's slowed down or it's yeah. a fatty bits. It's like someone does something silly that's like, well, why is that in there? Mm. There's just nothing like that in this movie. Mm. Yeah. It is so tight and so, like you said, there's no fat to we, it. Yeah, which I think is... You just is, don't even have time to make jokes. Which I think is why I'm like, oh, it was two hours? Yeah. Not yeah. feel like that. Um, one of the other notes here in the trivia, uh, writer and uh, feminist Eve Ensler, who uh, is the mind behind the vagina monologues, mm-hmm. was consulted on the portrayal of female characters when they were putting together the script for this film. Um, I don't know exactly what input she had, but yeah. I think um, I, I think this film certainly has a very it's obviously very female centric in in its themes. How obviously you are a, a woman, Katrina. <laughs> Patrick and I are not. We're just laying yeah. all our gender cards on the table here. Yep. Um, how <laughs> did you view? this film um as as a woman um for it wasn't as feminist as i was expecting um but i don't think that necessarily makes it bad like we like like i said how i got annoyed with the with the wives and yes there is a a moment of learning for them like there there is a a journey of learning for them um I think it's a in within the discussion of encouraging female roles within and encouraging female stories within Hollywood and film and in within our art. I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't think it's as feminist as everyone seems to be making out. Could it possibly be that people were had such a strong positive reaction to mm. the um, feminist tone throughout this this film? Because at the time when it came out, we had no one was expecting this. Mm. No, there was no expectation that this Mad Max yeah. film yeah, was, was going to do that. And quite maybe possibly. it could just be the unexpected nature of it that yeah. made people latch onto it so strongly, and latch onto particularly Furiosa as a character yeah. so strongly. Um. Yeah. Quite possibly. 
Um, and it was also just nice. One aspect I think that was just nice. I think if this film was made 10 years ago, Furiosa and Mad Max would have got it on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've or, just realised. Or there would have been a kiss. At no point did I did I think, oh, oh this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, no, or this, no, or this it never comes no. into it. It was, goal, it was it? never like yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, I just... Realized and not even, not yeah. even with any of the wives, yeah. with the exception of what, what was her name? Oh, um, uh, capable and and Nux. Yeah, yeah. With the exception of them, but even then, that relationship wasn't highly sexualized. That relationship, though, I think also kind of proves my point in that saying it's not as feminist as at least some media articles have made it out to be, hmm. because she is still the very traditional soft woman mm. trying to emotionally develop the male character right. which yeah, yeah. that being said just because that is there doesn't necessarily make like it doesn't, doesn't undo necessarily the other yeah doesn't necessarily undo that yeah and i'm always hesitant to be like oh crap this film's done done this trope again i'm always hesitant to call that out at least in certain circumstances because just because it's a trope doesn't mean it doesn't tell at least one type of truth. Yeah. Mm. As long as I I more look for if there are the multiple truths, mm. which I think sort of also ties back into the discussion of use of differently abled performers mm. as, as the characters. Yes, it's great that they're included, but we need to see the other type of stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's still... Um there's still a road to travel, whether it be yes. furious or not. Yes. Mm. Mm. I was. Do you think, and this is genuine because I don't really know. Yeah. Do you think the movie was trying to be a feminist? No story. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Although that being said, considering they consulted a, a feminist writer, yeah, maybe they were a bit aware of it. Mm. Um. But just didn't want to, like, go in, full bore, which. Mm. I, I kind of totally understand. And yeah. like I, I was talking to you earlier how I went and saw um, Blackie Blackie mm, Brown, mm. a fantastic uh, perf- uh, show, a theatre performance by, written by Nakia Louie. So jealous, by the way. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, and one of the things I said were, it was it was unapologetically Indigenous. And what I meant by that was um, that it did not give two flying... Gonna need the beep. Can you please say two flying fangs? <laughs> Fang. <laughs> Didn't give two flying fangs. <laughs> Didn't work it with my more bogan accent as oh, well. It was, oh, yeah, mate. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Didn't give a crap about what white people thought. Yeah. Mm. It was. It was like this is me. This is this is what we're going to. This is what we're going to talk about. This is how we're going to talk about it. And you guys are going to deal with it. Don't really care. That's what I felt like they were trying to do in this. They weren't going, we're going to be really feminist in big capital letters. Mm. They were they were going, okay, no, we're just we're doing an action film. Mm. Oh, the characters the main characters are female. Mm, yep, yeah, so who cares? Who mm. gives a crap? Um, which I think for at least some types of stories is the way to move forward. Mm. Not to be not to be going, look, we're being feminist or we're being, uh, we're encouraging differently abled people or we're encouraging people of colour in this film. It's just like, 
some place oh, you need to put so, it in So the main character happens to be in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Cool. Hmm. Oh, the the friend the main character or the the friends of this of these people happen to be black and one one's transgender oh cool hmm. the, the the normalization of what has been historically considered yes otherness. yes um yeah i i agree and i think this film does a really good job of representing things like that mm. in that nature the fact that these are just you know these characters are female and they're femininity yeah is an important part of the story it's and like that 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 power imbalance between them and uh, yeah. patriarchal figures like Immortan Joe mm. is something which drives the story. Um, but it works without being a big doctrine on yeah. uh, 21st century yeah. feminism. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Let's score the film. Uh, it's Great. it's a fantastic film. I think there's going to be some big numbers here. Uh, but we'll start with you, Katrina, because yeah. this was your first time. What score would you give Mad Max out of 10? Oh, I was really struggling thinking about the whole film. I'm like, what the hell am I going to score this? Um, I think because it engaged me so much, but taking away points because I couldn't understand a good quarter of the dialogue mm. um, and maybe taking away a point because it was less feminist than I thought it was going to be. Um, I would give it... Eight ridiculously spiky cars hmm. out of ten. Uh, that is that is entirely fair. Yeah. Uh, those spiky cars were so cool. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what score would <laughs> you give? They were V dubs as well. Mm-hmm. At least one of them was a V dub. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, um, what would you give it, Patrick? Uh, I love I love this movie. I think this is probably one of the best action movies that's come out of the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, and it's it's so close to being perfect. Mm. You know, I agree with you. There's a few points there that. It's a few, few little bits that did, could have just been tweaked a little bit and it would have just been absolutely perfect. But yeah. for me, it's a solid nine bullet teeth out of ten. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's not quite perfect, but it's close. Yeah. Um, it is fantastic. I, I, I just want to thank our audience for voting for this one. Mm. I mean, I'm sure all the films that were suggested were fantastic, but this was... I don't think I've smiled as much watching a movie yeah. as, I, as I did watching this film Mm. and just seeing these action set pieces come to life seeing everything being laid out and then everything getting smashed together yeah it was playful it was really lovely i think it had a really nice um simple story but told well yeah um i really like this film and i would give it nine two-headed lizards out of ten. <laughs> uh, so I think that's As technically Tom eighteen heads rips out of twenty. His teeth into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still wriggling when he when he swallowed it. That was that was, that was CGI. Yeah. I'm pretty that, sure. Yeah, most the, of them. There aren't actually two headed lizards. Uh, no, the, it's wriggling in his mouth. <laughs> trying to practice, they just like stick a little like fake head to a lizard. <laughs> yeah, it's like made of cotton wool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of this review of Mad Max Fury Road. Katrina and Patrick, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, thank David. You. What a lovely podcast. Mm. Yes. And uh, for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for joining in as well. Uh, we can be found on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Make sure you like because you'll get updates. Um, updates such as this episode being a day late. Sorry, everyone. Uh, you'll also get um, the opportunity to vote in film polls and things of that nature we're also on patreon you can suggest films like one of our lucky patrons did 
they suggested Mad Max, we reviewed it. So if you want to join in for those sorts of things, just go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. And of course, make sure that you're subscribed to us, whether it's through iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other podcasting or podcatching service that we're on. Just make sure you're subscribed there to get an episode each and every week. But that's all for this week. So until next time... Witness me! Fang it! (laughs) You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Hopefully the episode wasn't too mediocre. Oh, that was nice and deep. That, that was. was cool. Do you know that character? I think that character was almost Bert Newton. Bert yeah, I read Newton. that one yeah. as well. Bert yeah. Newton gone evil. When when the no, film... no, he was he was going to be played by Bert Newton. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. When the film was oh. the film was originally oh. going to be shot in Australia, but then they couldn't do it because didn't it was... they try to make this movie like three or four times? They tried. They tried to film it in Cooper Pedy, mm-hmm. but oh, really? then Cooper Pedy had a whole bunch of rain, yes. and, they, and it was all green. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. that's why they moved it to Namibia. Yeah. Uh, because one of the, they, they were looking at Broken Hill where they shot the first one. Yeah. They just couldn't get it to work in Australia because Australia wasn't enough like apocalyptic wasteland, damn it. Um, yeah, we the drought had broken. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bert Newton was in line to, to, yeah, to say mediocre like that and, um, and have the weird nipple chains. And, that was um, great. We didn't talk enough about Don Howard's nipple chains. Yeah, we really need that to was, think that. Yeah, that um, was but yeah. The the fact is, yeah, we could have had uh, Bert Newton rolling around would have been would have been almost too much, I think. I'd love to have seen more Australian TV show hosts in there, like Grant Denyer strapped to a car, <laughs> yeah. or um, oh, Grant, De- oh, Grant oh, Denyer is a that, war boy, yeah, yeah. painted oh, white, shaved that, head. That, that brings back. You, you know, he almost died in a car crash. No, oh, shit, he did. You're totally yeah. right. Did he? Because yeah. oh. he, he he's um, what's he involved in? The like the mountain racing thing, something like that, yeah, like a rally car or something. Rally car, that's what they're called. Yeah, and (laughs) he was he was training, and they had a crash. He almost died. Well, he survived, so it's okay. I said this, (laughs) you know. If I'd suggested Paul Walker, it might not have been as yeah, good. Go. <laughs> well, you know, let's get Peter Brock in there. No, yeah. Let's not do that. Je- let's bring James Dean. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. it would have maybe not gone so well. Okay, you know what? Grant Denyer, he he probably wouldn't have done it. That's fair. What about Eddie Maguire? Who would Eddie Maguire play? Oh, he would have been Can some we... fat. Immortan Ed. Yeah, Immortan Eddie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some and <laughs> just gets his sit, jaw See, off. I'd be quite happy for him to be the hood ornament, and then he'd shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stick that cage over his mouth, but leave it on the whole movie. No one cares, Eddie. Go away. I, I, although that said, just thinking of other Australian TV personalities, Sandra Sully and Lee Lin Chin on motorbikes. Oh, Lee Lin Chin yes! would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, they missed. They missed a. They missed a thing. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Can Le- you imagine her just being like, yeah. With one her, one bullet, one man. Yeah, with her be old glasses yeah. and like spiky hair. Mm. Yeah. One bullet, one man. Oh, yeah. I'm just I could actually say that. She would you, fit in really she, well. She would so say, I've killed everyone I've met. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she, she would actually fit in the world really yeah, well. Yeah, she would. She yeah. would yeah. She'd be perfect. Yeah.
I'm just thinking Les Murray would have still been alive, the SBS like football correspondent. Oh. <laughs> I could have easily seen him as like one of the maybe not one of the guys in the cars, but like maybe one of the like people collecting collecting people. water. Yeah. Just yeah. going, yeah, the rain the rain's coming down, but he's yeah. complaining about how like nobody likes football. <laughs> <laughs> he's going nobody's watching football in this country, damn it. Oh, you know, uh, Matt Preston could have been in Morton Jones. <laughs> yeah. Giant man, kind of fat. Where are my wives? <laughs> Just with but a big he's, got a on. <laughs> he's got a cravat on over his like clear breastplate armor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the, the gardener with the big beard. Um, what's his name? What's uh, that? The, oh, the Pete. Uh, Cos. Oh, yeah. On yeah. Gardening Australia? Yeah. Um, Cos something. I can't, I can't Cos- remember now. His, yeah. name, his name's Cos. I'm, go- I'm just going to Google Cause, cause he's, cause bearded Because he's, he's Greek. Yeah. No, Google Gardening Australia because that's bearded, the show he's on. Beard gardening. Beard you gardening. know who would be who would have been awesome um, and a bit of left of centre, Briggs as one of the as one of the guys. Uh, Costa Georgidis. Costa. Costa. Yeah, that's what oh. it was. Costa with his big beard, but with just yeah. like covered in chrome paint. Yeah. <laughs> he just sprayed his teeth so many times. With Briggs. Briggs as in the B in AB original. Oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Noni Hazelhurst on one of those motorbikes as well. She would have been awesome. Yeah, just blasting people away. Yeah, you're going through the round window. Yeah, see, but see, the funny thing is, so many people associate her with like, um, you know, play school and or um, better homes and gardens and things like that. But the last thing I saw her in was Little Fish. With Kate mm. Blanchett, where yeah. she was like the tough as nails mum dealing with two drug addict children, and she was great. Yeah, I yeah. think I saw that one. Jackie Weaver. Mm. Oh yeah, she would have fit. She would have. Yeah. Well, she's actually an actress though. Like that. Yeah. Tony <laughs> yeah. Hazelhurst is an actress. I suppose. Yeah, it's just that's, it, how, that's how she started out. That's true. It's she not, just. Yeah, diverted. it's more. Yeah, it's more fun just to imagine these people who are very much. Um, like acting maybe isn't their strong point. Yeah. Just throwing yeah. them in. Like yeah. Koshi as one of the Peter Garrett boys. <laughs> just <laughs> Oh, okay. I know who Briggs is now. I did just kinda of nod my hex. I'm like, yeah, sure, but okay. Now I yeah, now I, yeah. I looked him up. I'm like, okay, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah Briggs yeah. would work. Yeah. And like yeah, he's he very, was he was, he was in he was in the the reason why I thought of it is because you were talking about Gardening Australia and mm. there's a skit from Black Comedy where Briggs is behind Gardening Australia as they're doing a like a segment and he's digging a hole yeah. and and it's obviously like real real dodgy like mm, yeah. what is he doing is he burying a body <laughs> Hi. he's great he's very yeah. funny hi welcome to Huey's Cooking Dome today we're going to teach oh. you how to cook human flesh yes. 